Welcome back to the program. Most of us will go into the hospital at some point, and when we do, we might be subject to anesthesia, even for sometimes minor procedures. What goes on while we're asleep is, at least to the patient, often a complete mystery. At the same time, we look to the technology of medicine as the panacea to solve so many of our health problems. Yet we fear technology. When it goes wrong, like stealing our credit card information, we get angry. Clearly, our emotional nexus with technology is out of balance with our intellectual understanding of it, even in the realm of medicine. The price we pay, often with the simplest procedures, is fear, alienation, confusion, and a degree of appropriate paranoia. Few understand this better than best-selling novelist Dr. Robin Cook. He has used this imbalance to scare the bejesus out of us in his books like Cell, Nano, Coma, Cure, and Fever. Now, in his latest work, Host, he once again walks us through the cost-benefit analysis of medical technology falling into the wrong hands. Robin Cook is the author of more than 30 books. He's credited with creating and popularizing the medical thriller, and it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Robin Cook back to the program to talk about his new novel, Host. Robin, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. It's great to have you here. As I was reading Host and thinking about uh, the introduction today, it made me wonder, how does Robin Cook ever go to the doctor and feel comfortable about that, knowing what you know? Well, uh, it is a problem. In fact, (laughs) I'm facing uh, routine or or knee surgery myself, uh, and, and there in the beginning of Host, someone, a young, strapping, healthy a uh, guy goes in for routine knee surgery and does never comes out. Uh, at least he doesn't come out the way he was when he went in. And uh, so uh, that's one of the things about the kind of, of books I write, the scary kind of books I write, is that we're all patients at some point. And so what I'm writing about is something that uh, we can't just dismiss, like, I remember a long time ago when I was researching bestseller writing, I read the book Jaws, and I thought, oh my gosh. And uh, I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to think about it and decide whether I want to go back in the water. <laughs> um, but uh, you can't do that after reading Host. I mean, we're all going to get snared by medicine in some form or fashion, and um, we all face uh, going into a hospital uh, when we need it, um, but one of the reasons I wrote Host was to ensure people that that they it's best to avoid the hospital as much as you can, and anything that can be done outside the hospital, do it outside the hospital. And, and one of the things that you've written about, and, and I think that it's probably affected me personally in some profound ways over the years, going all the way back to coma, is this this fear of being put put out, the fear of anesthesia, because at, at that point, you don't know what they're doing to you in the hospital. That's right. And um, uh, as I did in coma and uh, do again here in host, right. is that um, I want people to understand that, the, that the, the comforting metaphor of being put to sleep is not appropriate. Uh, Anesthesia is is more like um, being poisoned to the point of near death and then being saved. <laughs> uh, and it, it does change people's attitudes, I think, to, to really comprehend this. 
Um, when I have my knee surgery, I'm not going to have general anesthesia. I'll have local anesthesia. I mean, uh, uh, epidural anesthesia. Right. Um, because for these specific reasons. Um, and um, so uh, I think knowledge like that is actually something that we should... Now, if, if we were, someone is having a, a heart operation or something like that, you don't have a choice. But, but if there is a choice and you know something about it, then, then th that kind of information, I think, is helpful. Um, and it also gives you a lot more sense of gratitude and respect for the anesthesiologist. It's a, it's a difficult specialty. I was lucky in my training that I actually, as a surgical resident, rotated through anesthesia. So I got to do it and uh, myself, not just as the surgeon, but as the anesthesiologist. And so it makes it, I think that's one of the reasons that I can write the, the kinds of books I do from such different points of view in terms of the various and sundry aspects of medicine because I've been there, I've done that. And uh, I think that makes a difference, and it creates uh, an opportunity when you're reading the book. I mean, Host is a mystery thriller, and it should be fun in and of itself. But I like the fact that people feel like they're on the inside. They're getting the inside information. It, 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 it affords a kind of authenticity that uh, other books that might be written about medicine by people who don't know or haven't been there really are just sort of researching it perhaps don't have any idea of what it's like. Um, so it makes a big difference. It's interesting, and, and does it ever surprise you that, that so many of your readers that have read all your work from coma right on up through host, that they still will go to the doctor or go to the hospital or have even an exploratory procedure sometime and be perfectly willing to be anesthetized? No, not really. I think that, uh, I mean, I'm going to be perfectly willing to go in and have anesthesia. Of course, I'm going to have epidural, but, I mean, if I had some other problem um, that needed a, a real operation, I will be thankful that anesthesia exists um, because that's what makes most of the major operations possible today is that, that there really is anesthesia. Um, and uh, But I'm going to be very sure... Uh, that I, I'm in a hospital where I respect the anesthesia department and uh, the anesthesiologists who are part of it and, and the fact that there's oversight and, uh, and that they have a good um, uh, reputation. And, and if you look at their statistics, the statistics uh, 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 conform to what I expect them to. And uh, I think knowledge should, you know, the more knowledge you have, the more appropriate decision-making you can make, uh, not only as a doctor, but also as a patient. The other part of medicine today, and this is also a part of HOST, and, and you've written about it before, is that there's so much money at stake, that the healthcare business yeah. represents not only such a huge slice of the American economy, but that there's so much money on the table with respect to healthcare and the way that shapes decisions that get made. Yes, it's it's become completely distorted because of the uh, of this business aspect. The um, I mean, it's dominated by profiteers today. Um, the stakeholders in the in the medical uh, arena uh, are the the hospitals, the hospital chains, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, the health insurance companies, the d device makers, uh, the laboratory medical laboratory companies. And their profit margins are so huge, they're paying their CEOs enormous salaries, and um, uh, 
and and it's all it's it's in a certain sense it's so out of control uh, that we as a country um, are paying more for health care than the next ten major industrial countries together pay <laughs> and our and our health statistics population health statistics are nowhere near the top so it's and you say to yourself, well, how does this continue? Why does it why does it continue? Because there's obviously a lot of nonfiction books about about how bad things are, but you know you can't change public opinion with with nonfiction. I, I, I'm convinced of it because most of the people who read it um, are already aware of the problem, and the people who should be aware of the problem don't read it. They think it's going to be over their head or something, or they're too busy. Whereas if you put it in a book like Host. You can actually get people to um, uh, to change their beliefs and to realize that and to to empower them because if we had a populist movement between patients and doctors, both of whom have been kind of peripheralized by our current healthcare system, that the healthcare system in this country could really be changed. We could reduce the the profits that these companies are making. We could reduce the fact that. CEOs of hospitals shouldn't be paid between five and ten million dollars. There's no rationale for that, um, and uh, I'm hoping that a book like Host could be like a modern-day Jungle, like Upton Sinclair's Jungle back in the 1930s, and that that galvanized people. Suddenly, said, "My gosh, this meatpacking industry needs to be changed." <laughs> and who who would have guessed that? You know, even Upton Sinclair himself thought he was writing a book about the terrible way immigrants were being treated. He didn't realize it was going to have this enormous immediate effect on, uh, on, on food um, and the food industry. I'm kind of hoping that I, by writing these books, particularly a book like Host, it can get people to understand this is reality. I'm writing about real stuff. And the real stuff is that hospitals and pharmaceutical companies and the others are really colluding um, to rob us The other part no. of it is, and, and we're kind of used to this with respect to pharmaceuticals because there's so much pharmaceutical advertising, and you always hear at the end about all the dastardly side effects that these drugs have. The fact of the matter is that almost everything in the medical establishment today, in the medical system, the kinds of things you write about in Host, everything has potential side effects, and some of them are pretty scary. Absolutely. Every drug has side effects. Every drug. Every procedure. And, uh, every procedure. You know, as a surgeon, I recognize one of the uh, challenges of being a surgeon is that you can train yourself to death and know that you have all the experience that you need to do these procedures, and you do them, and you're, you do them exactly the same way uh, each time because you know from experience this, is, this works. But even when you do that, there are, will be times in which everything goes crazy. <laughs> um, and so you're always sort of living on the edge. And uh, it's, it's part of the challenge of being a surgeon. Um, and it's something that people have to recognize, that there are these unforeseen things. It's, it, you, you just... Everybody is a little bit different. 
not in, not necessarily. I mean, a little bit difference in the anatomy and stuff like that. But everybody's a little different in physiology. Uh, everybody's different in the in the portion of their life where they are and and how everything is in balance. I mean, in a certain sense, we're all living, uh, hanging on to the um, to the uh, uh, north face of the eiger by our fingernails, and um, uh, it's it's worrisome and. And that's why you shouldn't have operations unless you really need them. Right. <laughs> and, and you shouldn't go in hospitals unless you really need to go in hospitals. You have to. And in fact, you know, my last book, Cell, is suggesting that there's going to be a lot of procedures that you will be able to be done in your home with the help of the cell phone. Right. Um, and uh, so maybe there's a little light at the end of the tunnel in that regard. But um, in, 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 re- in relation to the business aspects of medicine and the fact that we're being controlled by these companies, particularly the pharmaceutical companies and, um, and the uh, hospital chains and, and health insurance companies, um, it's, it's, it's not a mystery. And it, the, the mystery is, how can they have gotten away with it this long? Right. And why isn't anything changing? And the reason is, is because... They, they know that they're robbing us, and they're making sure that it stays that way. But the pharmaceutical industry, for instance, is spending, it's approaching a million dollars a day lobbying Washington. A day. Now, how much profit do they have to be making in order to justify that kind of expense? Talk about how, quite, quite, how do doctors feel about all of this? How are doctors responding to these changes? Well, my generation doctors, uh, my friends, are all retiring. And, I, and that was unheard of. When we were thinking about becoming doctors, our mentors, our doctors uh, in the 60s, etc., um, never retired. They, they kind of dropped in their tracks because they loved what they were doing. And that's part of the reason that I think a lot of us decided to go into medicine, is that, my goodness, these guys really, really are enjoying what they're doing. They, and they're getting this wonderful sort of feedback and sense of accomplishment and, and whatnot. But uh, so many of my friends are retiring now, just, just giving up. That um, They feel that uh, the, the health insurance companies uh, are in charge and um, they're, they're no longer in charge. They can't, you know, they, they have to be advocates for their own patients. They can't, you know, they have to jump through all these hoops just to, you know, they, they know the patient needs X, Y, and Z. So they have to get permission to do that, or else they're not going to get paid. Um, I know when I had my private practice, um, uh, there were certain types of patients that uh, I would get with certain insurance um, uh, companies, et cetera, that I would immediately write off. I wouldn't even try. I wouldn't even try to get paid. And uh, and I know. I mean, one of one of some close neighbor. To me, uh, his family may became extraordinarily wealthy because they devised a, a way, a type of program that um, that limited how much money insurance companies would pay to doctors. Talk a little bit about Host and a little bit about the story of Host. The story of Host is 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 about. Um, in, in fact, I can mention that that the the there's two main characters in Host. It's a it's a they're both medical students, both fourth-year medical students, uh, a female and a male, and they're friends. They're not lovers or anything like that. 
and their friends because they were lab partners. Their 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 names, their last name, Pierce and Pender, were right together. Which, when I was in medical school, it was Cook and Corey, and we did everything. You know, we we practiced doing finger sticks. We practiced getting drawing blood. We listened to each other's hearts, and you do all that sort of stuff. And that's what th- this pair and in host uh, do because it's her boyfriend who suffers this terrible circumstance and she is so sure that somebody screwed up and he is trying to protect her saying you know I I don't think you can jump to that conclusion and you're gonna make a lot of enemies and we're fourth-year students we don't want to get kicked out of school and uh, so his main goal is to try to temper her and uh, and so as a as a pair they unravel uh, this circumstance and what it turns out to be instead of somebody screwing up it was done on purpose and um, and you think of well host um, why why the title host and the medical meaning of host is that uh, the host is is the victim of the parasites and the parasites invade the host or take advantage of the host that's what's happening in this book is patience are being taken advantage of. And the bad guys are, well, I don't know, I hate to give too many too much away right, in a don't. certain sense, because it's truly a mystery thriller, and it's a fun mystery thriller, and it's got some visual circumstances or situations in there that I think are going to really open, are going to surprise people. <laughs> um, it surprised me when I thought them up. Well, it sh- and, should uh, be required reading for anyone going into a hospital, I think. <laughs> Well, maybe it'd be better for them to read it when they come out of the hospital. Well, I guess because if they've already made the decision <laughs> to go in, it's it's going to make them feel terrible while they're there. <laughs> and uh, if you're not, I think it's best to read it before you're thinking about going to the hospital and to temper that decision. Make sure you really want to do it. Make sure you want to have general anesthesia, and uh, because um, uh, things can go wrong, and they do go wrong. Uh, uh, I mean, it's uh, 100,000 people a year die. They go into a hospital. They die from something that they didn't have when they went in the hospital. In other words, they caught it in the hospital. And, uh, and in a way, that's sort of what's happening in host. And, uh, uh, so I think, I think it's, it's, in a certain sense, my best thriller, per se. And um, some people might... And it's a little unique. It has two main characters. Most books of this sort don't have two main characters. Um, you have one main character. And so, and why is that? And the reason I did that is because I wrote it also as a screenplay. And uh, in screenplays, you don't have the benefit of the third person so that you can say what's on the person's mind, which is often helpful. But instead, people have to talk to each other. They have to tell them what's on their mind. And that's how it works. And so I think people might find that inter- interesting to think about it. Uh, uh, I'm thinking that when I, um, when I do the paperback version, I'm thinking about packaging the screenplay so you can have the book and the screenplay together. Robin Cook, his new novel is Host. Robin, it's always a pleasure. I thank you so much for spending time with us. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll take a break. Thanks. I'll be right back. <laughs> 